Welcome to the X-Men Task Podcast. My name is Willie Simpson. My name is Sonia Rappaport. Sonia, we are still in the second season of the Spider-Man animated series, the fifth chapter of the Neogenic Nightmare, an episode entitled Mutant's Revenge. This is part two of the Spider-Man X-Men crossover, which is, uh, you know, I don't know how ballyhooed it was at the time, but I was quite excited about it as a kid. And um, I'd say this episode's, like, it's... It's really given the public what Marvel thinks they want, which is Wolverine <laughs> and Spider-Man teaming up. Fighting first and then teaming up. Right. Because the people want to see both of those situations. That's true. And this is, you know, if I have a fear about the future of the MCU, I, I know that uh, Kevin Feige mentioned that the you're not going to see the mutants of the X-Men for at least five years in the movies, mm-hmm. which is, I guess is fine. You know, they have to build it up or... Tease it out. Right. <laughs> But the point is, like, I have a feeling if it's going to be bad, you're going to see a lot of Wolverine team-up situations. Yeah. Wolverine teaming up with Spider-Man. Wolverine uh, teaming up with the Avengers. You know, like, whatever the, like, the the character, the, the movie they want to promote, Wolverine's going to drop by and mm-hmm. say hello. And I hope it's not like that. I hope... But who's going to be Wolverine? Not Hugh Jackman anymore. Yeah. I, so... No one knows. They haven't cast it yet. Mm-hmm. But my point is, like... When it comes to an X-Men crossover, this is usually what happens. Wolverine's the guy that... The ambassador, because everybody knows him. Right, yeah. I mean, that might not be entirely true all the time, but it it feels true anyway. You know, Wolverine's going to meet the Punisher or something. You know, things like that. right. So, anyway, I mean, that's what you get in this episode. Wolverine and Spider-Man, right, first they're fighting, and then later on they're they're buddies uh, fighting together. Um, but we're not going to begrudge the show that. I mean, mm-hmm. this was a pretty novel concept at the time. I mean, fairly novel. I mean, Marvel, obviously, we, we know had done those animation shows in the 60s, 70s, and 80s where they'd have stuff like Spider-Man and his amazing friends. And, they, you know, it'd be Spider-Man teamed up with Iceman and Firestar and they'd meet the X-Men. Mm. On, like, they'd meet other characters along the way. So it's not, like, unprecedented that they'd have these type of crossovers. But uh, Spider-Man the Animated Series and X-Men the, uh, X-Men the Animated Series are major shows. This is, like, more of a big deal. Mm-hmm. And um, it's pretty good. I mean, you know, I thought this episode, I had a memory of it being better than what we got here. Yeah. So There I, were a couple times towards, like, the mid-end that I was kind of yelling at the screen and the characters. Oh, yeah? <laughs> but we'll get there. Yeah, so, um, you know, the last episode ended on a cliffhanger. There's this guy... His name is Herbert Landon. He's trying to... He's a mad scientist. Runs this thing called the Brand uh, Corporation, uh, right? Or Brand Laboratory or something. I think the Brand Corporation. Mm -hmm. And basically, he's trying to eliminate all mutants somehow. It's unclear whether that should mean that all mutants are going to be killed or that all mutants are going to be, quote-unquote, cured of their powers and turned into humans. Seems like... Ambiguous. Seems like killed, though. Yeah, but then later on, we see some other things that might indicate we're not quite sure we'll we'll figure it out as we go along here so uh, like I said the last one ended on a cliffhanger Hobgoblin was about to blow up Wolverine and Spider-Man who were fighting anyways Um, there's a funny line from Spider-Man during this fight where he says Wolverine you're not curious about this guy trying to kill us and uh, Wolverine isn't really that curious in the Hobgoblin for some reason. I know, which is weird, because Wolverine hasn't seen the Hobgoblin, presumably. He doesn't know who he is, but he's just, like, so preoccupied with fighting Spider-Man because he thinks that Spider-Man knows where Beast is, because Beast was abducted at right. the end of the last episode. Yeah. Which Spider-Man truthfully does not know. It might have been cool. You know, it's kind of a shame. Spider-Man takes care of a Hobgoblin during this fight as he's trying to subdue Wolverine. He, like, you know, 
shoots webs at his hand while he's holding a pumpkin, and he's, you know, dodging, like, his pumpkin bombs and uh, trying to get rid of the Hobgoblin. And uh, it would have been cooler if Wolverine did team up with him in that moment to fight the Hobgoblin, too. I would have liked to seen Wolverine versus a Goblin character. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of interesting yeah, to that see, would have been good see him fight that kind of a supervillain. Uh, but he doesn't. He kind of just ignores him. I think it's the, for narrative purposes, like, why Wolverine doesn't directly engage with the Hobgoblin. Yeah. Um, and he doesn't really later, too, when everyone gets reunited again. But anyway, uh, you know, Spider-Man gets the Hobgoblin to retreat from the scene. Meanwhile, they're near the Brant Corporation building, which is they're spying on this whole fight with their security cameras. And they have these... Uh, these missile launchers on the roof of their building, like, in plain sight, just ready to go at a moment's notice, yeah. like, like, fire on the streets of Manhattan, uh, which I I think is just, like, a, a touch of too much unreality. Um, well, it's not that it's too much unreality, it's that, like, 20 years ago, we would have thought that just having, like, CCTV cameras around on the tops of buildings everywhere was, like, such an invasion of privacy, it was you so scary. So? Really? I think so. When I was a kid, I remember, like, thinking that was scary. Wow. And then this element of having, like, tiny missiles attached to those CCTV <laughs> cameras is not actually unrealistic. Like, right. It wouldn't be legal, I'm sure, but yeah. it, it does seem like it's possible, and that makes it scary, kind of. I guess you're right. I, I mean, it, it's just there's... You can't have flying any missiles of any kind in the streets of New York City are totally illegal. Um, but you're right. It's not, like, hard to envision a world where... Uh, things get, like, if society just degrades another, if, like, 5 to 10% right. where security gets ratcheted up to this, like, way scarier post-apocalyptic type level or pre-apocalyptic level kind of thing, like RoboCop we've seen, yeah. you know? So anyway, uh, in the Spider-Man world, it's it's pretty nutty because a, a major corporation has missile launchers on the roof of their Manhattan-based building. They're blasting Wolverine and Spider-Man. Wolverine gets blown up again. But, you know, there's a he comments to Spider-Man at some point, it's like, I heal fast. Uh-huh. Um, which is interesting because I, we talked a, about it a lot in the X-Men animated series run that Wolverine doesn't talk about his healing factor that much in the show. Right. It definitely comes up. But he doesn't heal that fast in the show often. Like, he got into a fight with Sabretooth once and got slashed across the stomach. It seemed like a surface kind of wound, and he's in the hospital bed for like a week. It's you know what I mean. <laughs> I like how you recall it like it's a memory from your old life. <laughs> yeah, I was, I'll never forget where I was. <laughs> yeah, well, but anyway, it's like um, by Here, means of reintroduction of the X Men characters, yeah. they're getting some crossover fans maybe from yeah. like Spider Man viewers to start watching the X Men by like telling them about how cool the X Men are and what their powers are and stuff. Yeah, so. Um, at, at, after Hobgoblin gets away and they they get clear of the missiles, Wolverine and Spider-Man calm down enough to converse about what the situation is. Um, Wolverine does actually mention Hobgoblin at the least, which I was appreciative of. He's like, who's that clown? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Spider-Man says, well, we got to worry about this Landon guy. Um, that's, you know, I don't know what happened to your friend Beast. I, the last time I saw him, you know... Uh, was the night uh, that I visited the X-Men and got rejected by you guys. But anyway, they decided to team up to investigate Landon. Meanwhile, we cut back to Landon's facility. We see Beast is still encaged in, like, an electric... One of those, like, electric bar cells where each 
each uh, uh, bar of, of the cage is like a lightsaber, a blue lightsaber. Mm. You can't touch them. Beast is sort of interrogating the woman helping Landon, who later on in the episode we learn her name is Genevieve. Mm-hmm. And she hates mutants so much. She's like, a co- expresses a, a combination of a fear slash extreme pity for them. So much pity where she feels like killing them is the only way that they can, we can end their suffering. And Beast says, I don't suffer. I'm perfect. I'm just like a normal person. Yeah. And she's like, no, that can't be true. You know, it's better that they don't exist. Then they suffer at all. I just don't believe you. You know, and Beast remarks to himself, uh, I think she doth protest too much. Yeah. So he knows like, like right away, this woman's definitely a mutant. It's like telegraphed so easily. Uh-huh. So, um, but he's instilling guilt in this woman. Beast, meanwhile, is thinking back on his own life and his own quest for a cure of his own mutancy, which is a nice characteristic of the original Beast pulled from the comics. As we all know, Beast started off as a human-like man with ape-like features. He had really big hands and feet, and he was kind of hairy in a way and kind of a little bulky, Mm -hmm. um, like overly muscular. He was probably just like a big hulking dude. And but he was a brilliant scientist. He was ashamed of his mutancy, so he worked in the lab to try to cure himself. But in the process, he made it worse by turning himself into the blue beast. You know, like now he looks like an ape, like a blue monkey. Mm-hmm. Uh, which and then he had to accept that. You know, it's like it's pretty messed up to do that to yourself, and then get over it psychologically. Mm-hmm. Um, the interesting question is, I wonder if he went, to, if Professor X tried to give him some therapy. Or something. I know. <laughs> Um, which you all know probably would not have ended well. Beast is maybe smart enough to psychologically, you know, seek his own kind of right. Piece. He's mentally and emotionally strong. Um. Anyway, so this episode's like a lot of action and a lot of just fast-paced moving. There's not much dialogue. Um. It's really just like a lot of times when they have these two-part episodes in the Spider-Man show, all the intrigue is in the first part, mm-hmm. and the second part just plays out an extended action piece. And I think that's what's going on here. So we get some fun action scenes like Wolverine smashing through the ceiling of the brand corporation. Mm-hmm. You just like see the ceiling collapse and Wolverine jumps out of it. And Spider-Man is really impressed by the way Wolverine enters, you know, a room. <laughs> um, and then they, there's various guards they're beating up along the way. Um, and also like, meanwhile, Hobgoblin's also in this facility causing mischief. He f- somehow flies to like the main security hub which has got this, like, really funny 3D AI-type intelligence governing the main computer. Like, he puts in a disc, starts hacking around, and this, like, woman's 3D animated face comes up. She's like, welcome to the computer system of the mutant uh, research database. And he's hacking away. Uh, Mark Hamill, again, like, sort of cackling to himself, saying a bunch of silly things. Very, It's very reminiscent of the Joker at this point. Mm-hmm. It's almost like the same character, really. Yeah. Uh, he in, he steals the data, Landon's entire lifetime of research, and he installs a virus on Landon's computer to, like, destroy, delete all the data itself. He makes the 3D image his own face. <laughs> right, yeah. So Opcom's an interesting character. He's, like, he's a blackmailing, extortionist, computer hacker, slash expert... Uh, flying hoverboard murder man. You know, he's got like a lot of skills. Okay. He's agile, he's smart, uh, he's twisted and evil. Mm-hmm. He's a worthy villain. Um, so he, like you said, he implants a virus uh, and he flies off. Um, anyway, as Wolverine and Spider Man are fighting more guards, they are sort of starting to get comfortable with each other. Wolverine compliments Spider Man's moves. Spider-Man, in turn, kind of insults him. He says, uh, thanks a lot, old man. 
you know, or he says it in a more condescending way. How does he know about like Wolverine being an old man though? That's, I mean, that's a good question. Does so we all know that for all intents and purposes, Wolverine is at least a middle-aged man in appearance, right? How they he's but he's he's definitely craggly faced too. You know what I mean? There's like in a, but in an animated show you can't really see that all the time. But I guess the question is is Spider-Man saying old man because Peter Parker is like 20 years old right. and Wolverine is middle-aged? 50. Yeah, I think that's or more what it is. Or is it that he or does he actually know that Wolverine has been like roaming around since the Civil War? I think it's more what you said that Wolverine just looks like uh an older action hero. Okay. And Spider-Man is like literally 20. Right. Okay. So yeah, um Anyway, I mean, and they keep doing some cool stuff. Wolverine, like, they get to the room, they're following Wolverine's uh, nose, and they get to the room where they think Beast is, instead it's, they're sealed off, they don't know where to go next. Wolverine says, I know where to go, and he starts slashing the wall open. And I like how Spider-Man just says, cool! <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, so Wolverine's trying to bust through to the next room, meanwhile the guards, like, launch a laser bazooka at the steel wall that's sealed them in. It crushes Spider-Man, and they show his arm kind of go limp. You think, oh, wow, Spider-Man going to be out for the count here? But no, Steel Doors do not stop Spider-Man in this show. Of course. He, he's really strong, and he heaves the Steel Door right back at all these guards and crushes them. Um, so Wolverine, though, is a little too quick to jump into action. He sees Beast uh, suspended over the vat of dangerous mutant-killing chemicals. He leaps at Beast's cage, the lightsaber uh, bars, and he grabs them, and uh, he's immediately knocked out. He's electrocuted. Beast luckily grabs him by his shirt and is holding on without trying to touch the bars as Wolverine's dangling over the pit. So it's it's quite a, a, a sticky situation they got themselves in. Mm. I wonder... Um, we should look this up. Um, I wonder how much Wolverine weighs. <laughs> you know? Because like, with that well, adamantium matter, skeleton, though. it's pretty heavy. It could be a lightweight metal, like aluminum. No, I don't think so. I'm pretty sure. I, I think he's heavy. But anyway, it doesn't matter, because Beast is super strong. He is, but I'm say that's what I'm saying. That I don't think Wolverine weighs, let's say... Uh, Wolverine's all muscle, so and he's like five foot four or something. So let's say... Right, so he's not If tall. he didn't have the bones, he'd he could you could say he's over 200 pounds, definitely like 220, 230. At 5'4"? I know, but he's so... He's like ridiculously bulky. Okay. Um, so, but with the skeleton, I wonder if Wolverine weighs something like 500 pounds. You know, something crazy. So Sonya's looking that up right now on Google. Um, <laughs> she'll uh, she'll let us know in a minute. Um, anyway, so Beast is trying to save Wolverine's life. Wolverine is fully knocked out. Um, Hobgoblin smashes through to this room too, uh, causing chaos. Landon picks up a laser gun, starts blasting crazily at the Hobgoblin. Um, Do you yeah, want to know? Yeah, let, let me know. He used to weigh 200 pounds without his skeleton. He's five foot three. Okay. And then with the adamantium, he's 300 pounds. All right. So, so you're right. It's pretty he- a 100-pound skeleton. That's a lot. It's a lot, but not 300 pounds, though, for Beast shouldn't be. You're right. It shouldn't be. Beast is super strong. Yeah. 300 pounds should be okay. I mean, he holds him for like 10 minutes. Yeah. So it's not like he does, but he does get tired towards the end. Um, I guess mainly, mainly because he's trying to balance his arm uncomfortably between these electrified bars more than anything. He can't get any leverage. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the midst now, Hobgoblin is fighting Landon, who's armed with a, a weapon. Um, the cage gets, like, destroyed more, and Spider-Man has to jump up there and 
like hold the cage itself from falling into the vat as Beast is holding on to Wolverine. So it's kind of like the three of them are trying to... None of them can move because somebody might die. Right. Wolverine is desperately... Beast is trying to get Wolverine to wake up. Wolverine is conscious at this point, but he can't move his body. His, you know, his healing factor is taking a minute here. So it's pure chaos. Uh, a mole in uh, in the brand corporation contacts the kin- kingpin on a telecommunicator device. He says that, you know, everything's gone to shit. Uh, <laughs> it's a mole? It's not Landon? No, it's it's a, it's a like a... It's one of Kingpin's spies. Oh. Um, Kingpin says, what about the mutant army he planned to build for me? Is he working on that? He says, no. He's, I don't oh, think yeah, he was right, ever yeah. intending to do that. He says, okay, then get out of there. And the, the mole says, all right, operation canceled. So Ki- And uh, the guy says, I'll pull all my men out of here right now. So Kingpin had a lot of spies within the brand corporation mm-hmm. keeping an eye. Uh, Smythe uh, sort of rubs it in Kingpin's face. And says, when I told you you couldn't trust Landon... And uh, Kingpin grabs Smythe's hover chair, like, angrily and threatens to... Threatens Smythe for being impertinent at this point. Um, Kingpin is not happy that this this situation... Another situation he's invested in has not gone well. Again, I like all these episodes where the Kingpin's in the background, too. You know, he's really got his fingers in a lot of pies, so to speak. (laughs) Uh, Meanwhile... Uh, Hobgoblin is like still flying around. Landon kind of gets the upper hand. He shoots Hobgoblin's glider. It crashes into like a sort of like a, a railing mm-hmm. uh, along a pathway, and the head gets stuck in between. And I like this the one shot of animation of Hobgoblin like hopping on his oops hopping on his glider trying to free it. It's just stuck in some uh, very frustrating way, um, and. At this point, Landon's, like, slowly walking up on Hobgoblin. He's like, I've got you now. I'm going to shoot you in the face. But that's where uh, Hobgoblin pulls out his ace card, which is all the data. He lets him know, I've stole all your data. This, I've got the only copy. I wonder how much you'll pay for it. Uh, Landon starts to emotionally freak out. He's like, no, all my years of research. And instead of, I guess he just, like, you know, they keep fighting some more. And, and Hobgoblin gets freed in this, in this confusion. And Landon, at this point, jumps after the glider. So he's holding on for dear life. In the midst of all that, I guess Hobgoblin lets go the data disc over the the vat of acid. Landon falls in trying to grab it, and so he's toast. Mm-hmm. Um, Hobgoblin, you know, flies away, cackling. Uh, and then what happens next? Um, oh, as he's leaving, Hobgoblin tries to kill Spider-Man one more time. But Genevieve is like compl- the the assistant to Landon, who hates mutants, is completely freaked out that. Landon fell in the vat. She picks up the laser gun and shoots even more crazily at Hobgoblin. She fires like a hundred quick fire shots. Right. So he's like, okay, time to make my exit. And he pumpkin bombs his way out of the ceiling. Blows up another ceiling, yeah. And then uh, Wolverine starts coming to and he just kind of like swings himself so that like he can get out from above the vat of liquid. Right. So, and then in doing so, Spider-Man sees his plan. He lets go of the cage. Beast is free. Wolverine is free. And then they're kind of just, like, licking their wounds. And yeah. They're, like, about to leave, basically. Yeah, they're <laughs> literally about to leave. They're just walking away. Landon's in this pile of goo. I mean, Genevieve's he fell in, like, like ten seconds wait, ago. hold on. Like, he's in there. We gotta get him out. And they're like, and well, they're like, nothing uh, we can do for him. Yeah. But then he She's pops like, out. She's like, use your mutant powers. And they're no, like, not quite yet. Oh. She says that, but, like, she is asking him for to help him get out of the thing. Yeah. And they're like, well, uh, he's in there? I don't even know what it is. <laughs> There's, like, this weird non-reaction to it. But luckily, Landon, he 
sprints out of the vat of chemicals. Right. He's covered in goo and electricity, and he starts to transform. Beast comments, he says, well, in all of Landon's research, he knew what it would do to mutants, which I guess would be kill them. We said, like, we weren't quite sure if he was going to cure mutants or kill them. I think it was going to kill I don't know, because he emerges from this stuff alive. Which yeah, but he's a think... human, though. But B says, like, he never knew what it would do to humans. Yeah, I know. But I'm just saying, like, if it didn't kill him, I kind of imagine it wouldn't kill mutants. It would just, like, trigger... <laughs> Further mutate them. Some kind of, like, right. mutation and then or anti-mutation. They do or say that, like, the, the work was based on Beast's research, right. which was trying to do a cure. So you're right. There's, like, some It's weirdness. ambiguous, because, a... like, you know it's nefarious, but... But in the other episode, Beast says that Landon's trying to cause a genocide of the mutant population. Yeah, but even in that episode, the way they explain it, it's ambiguous. The vocabulary. If, right. If they mean, like, that all of the mutants are going to die or that the mutant population will cease to exist because they'll be con- converted to humans. Yeah. So, um, anyway, Landon, uh, his fate is sealed in a terrible way. He's converted into some, like, hideous, like, Godzilla slug. That needs to feed on electricity in order to not feel pain. With six arms and a slithering tail. Yeah, with a slug trail behind him. Right. He immediately captures Genevieve as as a hostage. That's the point at which she's like, come on, like, can't you help him use your powers? Do something. And Beast is just like, well, there's nothing we can do. Sorry. Right. I mean, she might have been able to save herself with her own powers. Like, surprise, surprise, she's a mutant. Yeah. Um, She's got the power of telekinesis telekinesis but i guess she's too terrified or whatever she feels sympathy for landon as well in a weird way um i mean she could have saved herself maybe but like her telekinesis wouldn't be able to change landon back right but yeah but i was saying like she could have saved herself oh, okay right? yeah. yeah but instead she gets scooped up by this right. landon monster then spider-man says something i forget what but wolverine has a funny line where he says shut up you puny little geek <laughs> and it's interesting how wolverine without even seeing that it is a young man like uh pins his personality you, you pretty much can tell what kind of guy spider-man is um so but anyway like i said landon he's this hideous slug godzilla monster now and he needs electricity to live or no, not only to live to not feel enormous pain mm-hmm. which is an awful existence and but every time he feeds on electricity he grows larger so it's it's quite the conundrum. Um, uh, and Spider-Man comments to himself it's his worst fear that he'll mutate into something like this, too. Yeah. Which he's foreshadowing heavily. Right. Uh, meanwhile, we cut to a J3 news report, which is uh, J. Jonah Jameson's news network. And they really sum up the situation with some excellent news reporting. <laughs> they know that the, the guy came from brands, uh, the, from the brand corporation, that they're studying, that they're researching mutants. That, uh, you know, that it feeds on electricity, and every time it feeds on electricity, it grows bigger, and the police are powerless to stop it. Like, it's a really fast and accurate news report. They got all the details. Yeah. So, um, good on J3. Um, (laughs) The X-Jet arrives on the scene. Um, They are trying to deal with the situation we've got on the plane. It's Gambit, Cyclops, Rogue, Rogue, Jubilee, Storm, and Jean Grey is present for a second. We see her on the street there, but then she's out of the rest of the episode, and she doesn't have a line. Yeah. So she's briefly there, and then she disappears, uh, which is interesting because she might have been also helpful with her telekinesis, as we'll see later. Um, meanwhile, you know, like, Rogue's out there trying to tie up the monster. She gets batted away or something or knocked out. Spider-Man rescues her. She, like, sort of lightly flirts with Spider-Man, which I thought was cute in these two episodes, that she's, like, kind of... Yeah, well, she's just like, like that. Into Spider-Man a little bit. Uh, yeah. Maybe she likes that, here's a man with a full body stocking. That <laughs> <where I can. laughs> 
<laughs> I can't accidentally drain his life energy. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> we've talked about before how how Rogue might be able to practice safe intimacy uh-huh. if possible. She would need a full body stocking situation. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Anyway, you can use your own imagination. Uh, <laughs> so they're trying to figure out how to stop this this Godzilla creature. Beast and Spider Man have like this like melding of the science minds. They they spout a bunch of like total science nonsense about microwaves and reversing polarities and things like that. They yeah. can use technology in the Blackbird to shoot a microwave beam at the beast if you know, to counteract his frequency and it'll total well, totally nonsensical, but whatever. It, it reminded me totally of a, a Star Trek Next Generation plot line where they use like the tractor beam on the Enterprise to reverse the <laughs> polarity of an asteroid and you know what i mean just Uh something like we'll shoot like the reverse protonic energy at this you know outer space monster to counter it so it's just like that i think they said like physiological energy or something whatever yeah b says a comment though he says oh you've got a scientific mind behind that garish mask and spider-man says take one takes one to no one blue boy and they, there's a weird animation where they show Beast look away kind of shamefully. Yeah, he but, looks so, so but sad it's, for it's, a second. But it's animation they're going to reuse later in a more emotional scene. Right. So I think that was just, like, poor editing. Like, they didn't know they what to They ran out there. of time or something. Beast should have been smirking. I don't think he should have taken offense no, to No, it was like a bonding moment. If anything, he offended Spider-Man by calling his mask garish. Yeah. Uh, you know, so that's the question. I feel like I've heard other villains or characters call Spider-Man a garish figure. Right. He's kind of spooky. And do you, like, do you think, like, if Spider-Man was a real guy yeah. with that real costume in the streets in New York, do you think he'd be, like, a scary character, kind of like a Batman? Because ba- Batman's costume is supposed to inspire fear and But that's gloominess. not garish, exactly. You when think I think so? of garish, I think of, like, either the Joker or the Hobgoblin. It's, like, like bright colors and kind of tacky. Oh, yeah, you're right. So it's, like, more tacky, garish. Yeah. Like, it's a bad fashion. Right. So (laughs) that's insulting, too. (laughs) I mean, the thing is, like, I've... In my brain, I've always seen Spider-Man's costume as a a pop art perfection, which I'm sure most do. You just see it, you love it as a kid forever. There's nothing wrong with the way his costume looks. It's perfect, you know? Uh But, like, in the reality of a world where Spider-Man is not a pop art creation, where he's a real person do you think the co- like what do you think of the costume like the handmade like Tom Holland movie type one well that's a little different because he's just wearing a sweater and a hood kind of thing yeah but in reality that's probably what it would look like yeah but that's not the costume he has here he's got a pretty like form fitting costume with the webs drawn out on his face and his yeah. body I'm just saying do you think it's garish like it is kind of garish all superhero yeah, outfits right. are garish pretty yeah. much yeah. I mean Wolverine's costume is totally garish yeah, yeah. I mean Beast just <laughs> doesn't wear a costume because he's just in his he's underpants he's like a big hairy dude yeah right. he's garish looking because he's blue it's kind of bizarre uh huh um yeah so I guess it's garish it, it's, outla- it's, it's outlandish his costume uh huh Right? It's like, um, if you're describing it from an artistic... Like, what's your artistic summary of his costume? It looks like a superhero costume. All right, there you go. All right. You're right. There's not much more to think about it. So anyway, as they're tying up this beast, um, we see other X-Men attacking it. Uh, the only thing I want to note here, in this episode, Storm is firing lightning from her fingers, which we're more accustomed to. Mm-hmm. In the last episode, she was just using the clouds to shoot lightning, which I thought looked kind of cool. I just didn't really... I had, like, a little problem with this. I don't know. Maybe you can explain it so that it makes sense. But the monster feeds on energy, electricity. Yeah. And, like, I would think that, like, 
uh, Storm's lightning bolts and Jubilees. Fireworks. Fireworks and... Gambit's exploding cards. Yeah, all of that stuff would feed the monster, not hurt well, it. Well, I mean, at that point, I think they were shooting it with the other micro beam, so maybe it was all... I think it was definitely all part of their strategy. But you know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying, but I think it was part of... Spider-Man and Beast set up this whole trap. So it was all in their science mumbo-jumbo that made no sense as to why Storm and Jubilee were shooting the monster. Uh, anyway, I wanted to uh, remark, Jubilee's powers look whack in this episode. Also, they're shooting at this monster as the monster is holding Genevieve right. in its yeah. claws or whatever. And like, she, and he's climbing up a skyscraper, and she's being surrounded by electricity. And <laughs> Yeah, she's being shot with like fireworks and lightning, too. Did she get away by that point? She might have... No, because no, that's the point at which he lets her go. Oh, okay. And then, uh, oh, and Gambit lights up his cards... Um, they don't look like the animated series where they're sort of more, like, orangey and on fire uh, with, like, that cool computer-generated effect. Here they're just, like, drawn, like, neon purple. Yeah. And the way they explode in, like, either they, they explode in a puff of smoke, which actually seems more realistic if you were to explode a piece of cardboard. Mm-hmm. It would it'd evaporate into a, the smoke. In the sh- animated, in the X-Men show, they explode like a small grenade. Mm-hmm. So, I, anyway, I didn't like the way it looked. Um, so... Uh, they they capture the the creature, but it's so big and heavy it drags the plane down. It's gonna crash. Spider Man's on the plane at this point too. Uh, he's worried, but Genevieve, uh, surprise surprise, as we said, we already spoiled it. She is a mutant herself. She uses her telekinesis to save the X Jet, and as the X Jet safely uh, is lifted to the ground by Genevieve, Landon falls to the ground, and he reverts to like a normal size half monster, half human. So he looks really messed up. But like least, literally half and half, like Two-Face. Right, he's like Two-Face, uh, but he looks gross. You, you know, he doesn't... Yeah, I mean, his life is ruined. It's not aesthetically pleasing. Uh, like, he's got, like, one hand's a claw, the other eyeball is, like, a popped-out orange eyeball. Yeah. His life looks terrible. I think we're going to see Landon going forward in the future, too. Right. And uh, Genevieve has another line here about how, like... She, I forget exactly why. Was she explaining that she was working for him because she felt like she needed a cure for being, like, a mutant monster or something like that. Meanwhile, she's, like, a totally normal-looking woman that has telekinesis. Yeah, like, it seems like that's, like, a wish-fulfillment fantasy. That's the kind of power that any kid would dream for. Yeah. That, like, oh, I look the same, but I can move things with my mind. I'll sign up for that. I'm not going to feel ashamed. But, you know, it's a world where mutants are, like, feared and hated, so it's, like, more of a societal thing in the X-Men universe. Right, yeah. Um... But, uh, anyway, so she helps save the day, um, and it also solves the mystery of the previous episode when the roof nearly collapsed, but was mysteriously held up, so Spider-Man could... She's the one that did it, yeah. she's the one who did it. Um, we were genuinely perplexed in that episode as to what happened. (laughs) Um, so, you know, Beast, like, says some stuff to Genevieve that, you know, she should, like, live with her mutant power. Embrace it. Right. Who you are. Yeah. Um... Good message, Beast. Meanwhile, Cyclops... And the rest of the X-Men take it upon themselves to apologize to Spider-Man. Cyclops says, I guess we were a little too quick to jump on you and, like, not help you. And that was not cool of us. And uh, all the X-Men sort of, like, get a line to sort of express their love for Spider-Man. Like, Gambit calls him, yeah, you're our ace in the hole. <laughs> Stuff like that. Yeah. Um, Genuine friendship outpouring, et cetera, et cetera. And, and Wolverine gets the last line. Go ahead. Um, I, I forget what he says. He says, uh, oh, you're all right by me, and you've got friends that you can rely on from now on. You're no longer alone to carry this burden. Right, and Spider-Man takes that to heart. He's like, oh, yeah, I do have friends that I can rely on. I mean, that's pretty nice. Uh, Spider-Man and the X-Men are now allies. Yeah. I think they're friendly in the books, too. I remember, like, most famously, I remember the um, 
there's a crossover episode briefly anywhere where uh, the X-Men fight Arcade. They all get captured by him. It's it's during the Dark Phoenix run, or maybe the Phoenix run. And um, in the be- beginning of that episode, Spider-Man witnesses Arcade kidnap all the X-Men. He tries to call the X-Mansion to warn them. And he's sort of like on a first-name basis with the X-Men and their real-life personalities, too. Mm-hmm. So the Spider-Man and X-Men are historically friends. It's pretty cool. Um, they're his, uh, they're his like, uh, outer, outer borough friends, I guess. Right? They're his, his Westchester friends. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, Spider-Man is reflecting on his life. He's still worried about his future. And then a newspaper flies into his face quite uh, comically. And he sees that the headline is something about Dr. Mariah Crawford, who was the scientist in the whole Craven the Hunter affair. Except that in the newspaper, it just says Dr. Mariah Craw. Oh, yeah. It's funny. <laughs> um, and she's still... She says something like she's going to leave for Africa in a few days. So Spider-Man's like, oh, I better go see her. So he does. And she's like, oh, Spider-Man, I see you're dealing with all these problems. I don't know why you didn't come to me sooner. I'd been able to help you. And uh, that's where the episode ends. Right. Spider-Man realizing he has friends. He's not doing this alone. And She's like, but our time is short. I'm leaving in three days. So, you know, whatever. Yes, whatever. <laughs> get yeah. cracking, so I guess. We'll, we'll see what happens next. Um, I think it's going to get more intriguing. Uh, a lot of these episodes in the early part of season two are just foreshadowing to the major events that are yet to come. Mm-hmm. Um, I no sense in spoiling it for those who just don't remember. Like, just uh, if you're following along with us, just go watch it, and uh, we'll see th- how the trouble for Spider-Man evolves. I'm, I'm sure we've talked about it on previous episodes, but that's okay too. Um, anyway, uh, the X-Men have come, the X-Men have gone. Sonia, your thoughts on this this brief uh, interlude between our our pals? Uh, they look weird. They sound right. Uh, we had some cross promotional activity. <laughs> Uh, it was good to see our old friends. Yeah. And now they're gone. You know, I, I'm <laughs> a little disappointed. Um, I, I agree with what you said. It wasn't bad by any means. It was nice to see. It was nice. Yeah. But it could have been better. Yeah. Um, they could have gotten real crazy and tried to weave in, like, between the X-Men show and the Spider-Man show. Mm-hmm. And then gone back. But that would probably have been too ambitious. And they're different production companies anyway. Yeah. But beyond that, it's just like, I, I'm only saying... I think future ep- crossover episodes uh, are going to be better than this one. So they're just getting their feet wet. I think, you know, the Fantastic Four episodes in my memory are better. Hmm. The Daredevil episode is way better. The Punisher episodes. Like, there's a lot of characters we've yet to see meet Spider-Man. Big characters. And it's a little more fun than, at least in my memory, than of what we get here. It's just a little too cursory. I mean, it actually made sense that Spider-Man was mainly focused with Wolverine because it's, it's not like he can be with the whole team. Exactly. It's just too much for them to introduce. Right. So, um, but pretty good. Um, uh, not, like, the best we've seen of Spider-Man or the X-Men, but it's still nice to see how the X-Men persisted even uh, past our uh, talking about all their episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's pretty much all I have for this one. We're getting ever so closer to Avengers Endgame, only a couple of weeks away. We have our tickets, uh, our city, sh- uh, our city, our crappy seats. I, the only ones I could get uh, were in like the third row of a, for a, a 12 o'clock showing on a Saturday. Oh boy. So the Thursday and Friday night for me are going to be tough to avoid all the spoilers. I'm someone who in the past at least has loved reading spoilers I've tried to evolve my thinking a bit on these things personally so I don't I don't want to be spoiled so much for this one you know 
I really want to go in surprised, but it's going to be tough for me those two days on the internet uh, mm. to see everyone's reactions and what they have to say about it. So I'll try my best not to spoil myself. That's my goal. Um, but it's I, I just more than anything I just want to see it and get it over with because of how crazy that opening weekend is going to be with all the movie theaters sold out all the show times and just like crowded movie theaters always make me antsy and stuff and it's a three hour movie so it's going to be quite a, a long day's worth of experience but that said I'm excited to see it I know you are <laughs> <laughs> you're less so I take it by that reaction no it'll be fun yeah, it'll be fun, right? At the very least, you know. Um, I think you seem more excited for the Star Wars trailer that came out the other day. I know. For episode nine. I was surprised. Really? You looked, like, way into that. You're like, oh, I'm definitely seeing that. Yeah, of course. I mean, yeah, we're seeing it, but <laughs> yeah. I I was not as excited. I was like, okay, it looks fine. I don't care anymore okay. so much. That was my reaction. I there There's just so many of both, like, whatever. Yeah. Well, that's what you happened. Know. I mean, like, we wanted to I see... like Ray. I, I like the reprisal of movies with Ray and Finn. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Finn wasn't so great yeah, for me in the I last mean, one. You know. Ray was okay. Anyway. I mean, that last one was just just not so good, I thought, The Last Jedi in the end. And I'm not, like, here to just shit on it, say it's the worst movie ever. I don't care even enough to get that excited about it. But just in general, it just diminished my enthusiasm along with the Han Solo movie too yeah I know which is boring um, but anyway so that Star Wars show but the thing is I was gonna say that it is tough there's too much of this pop culture stuff like aimed at us uh, we were, I wanted to see Shazam last weekend I wanted to see it this weekend but we've just been really busy and I don't know if we're gonna even get to see it tomorrow night that, on Sunday that'd be the only uh, time we could see it so it's just hard to like fit all the stuff into your busy schedules right uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of reaction is that? I don't know. <laughs> I'm just saying, I mean, we're busy. Like, it's it's hard to see. There's a lot of interesting media out there. Uh-huh, yeah. Um, I mean, the, the X-Men Dark Phoenix movie is coming out in June. Mm-hmm. Um, we're definitely going to have to see that, as much as I don't even really want to see that one either. But we have to see it to for the purposes of this podcast. Yeah. I mean, we'll see it. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Okay. So there's a lot to look forward to. Some of it with a lot more excitement for others and some less so. Anyway, that's all I got to say. Enough rambling. Um, what I do want to do are our plugs. You can follow me on Twitter at Willie Simpson. You can join the X-Men Task podcast Facebook group. Seek us out there. Talk to us. Let us know your thoughts on the Star Wars movies, on Avengers Endgame, on Spider-Man meeting the X-Men, anything you want to talk about. Uh, and uh, rate and review us five stars on your podcast service and follow us on Buzzsprout. You can d- download our, ep- our episodes there, xmintastpodcast.buzzsprout.com. Sonia, any final, final words before we go? No. Okay, good night, everybody. Bye.